It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Here you are, standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone. I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah. Niles. Hi. Hi. Good day so far? Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. You! What is going on? Hey, get out of the water! Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah. Hello, and welcome back to the B-Movie Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Adam Kautzer, and with me today, as he always is, is your other co-host... Scott Phillips. And today we are continuing the summer of comedy. Um, we're actually flipping it a little bit. I know that I promised we promised you guys Kingpin. That is going to be our last film as opposed to um, the film that we're actually talking about today. As you can tell, uh, I think that we had mentioned it before that we were going to cover Palm Springs, but we didn't fully like we just hinted at it. But today uh, we're covering uh, the Lonely Island produced uh, film Palm Springs, starring Andy Samberg and uh, Christine Milotti, um, a time loop film, which is one of my favorite genres, uh, which we will get into. Uh, but I'm going to hand it over to Scott because we both really like this film, but I'm going to actually talk. I'm going to let him talk a little bit about what why we chose this film. Yeah, you know, it uh, to me the reason behind this one is taking a formula and making it something new. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I mean, obviously, and, and I think we can't talk about this film without talking about spoilers. Yes. Uh, and, and so it's the, it's the groundhog day idea, the, the time loop day repeating, what have you version, uh, of a, of a narrative. And we've seen it done in so many different, genres and you know especially if you cast like a really wide net uh with with your film watching it's even more prevalent than you might think i mean there are foreign films the incredible shrinking weekend yes uh, there's an asian film three feet ball and souls uh there's a, a lot of, of films out there that use this premise and i think most people are just familiar with kind of like you know happy death day uh, some of the bigger ones that have made use of this idea. And so it was, for me, a, a combination of, first, it's just kind of a great summer film just because of the setting. Uh, and then the the next thing was it kind of takes something old, so to speak, uh, and makes it new again. And so I always love, you know, kind of a tip of the cap to uh, – uh, something that can do that. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it hit uh, our roster uh, for this uh, comedy segment or this comedy series that we've been doing. And, and we were looking at, you know, some of the great 80s comedies and things like that. And I think we decided that we wanted to do a, a modern one. Uh, and this was one of the better recent ones that we'd seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that it continues this through line uh, for both of us, which is, is um, even when you're dumb, you're smart. 
And I think that that's like for me one of the biggest things about about all of these films that we've talked about. Um, and the specific reason why I really, really loved uh, Palm Springs, which was that it was smart, even in its stupidity and the way that characters, <laughs> right. the way that characters right. do certain things. Um, it's it's really smart. I mean, even up until the end, in the way that they solve certain things, it's kind of dumb but it's very smart and it's like they like it's a very um adroit film like uh i i I was always like i'm never i'm never bemused and laughing at the same time but in this film like there were often times like it's very rare that i'm like that where i'm bemused by the cleverness of it but also laughing at things um and that's kind of like the the tone that they strike this thing of clever but hilarious because i don't often see like and correct me if i'm wrong scott maybe you've seen films that are like more films that are like this but it's very rare for me to see a film that i find is truly smart and clever but also makes me laugh um Mm -hmm. like out loud well and i think one of the things that they do in palm springs is they use your past experiences with these types of movies and build on it. Yes. So we don't have the usual 15, 20, maybe even half hour on the front end where you're discovering that this is happening to you. Yeah. Uh, you know, we always have that in the, in those movies that like, you know, the day repeats itself and then the person is like, this is crazy. This is like deja vu. And then they have to go back to bed again. And then the day starts to repeat itself again. And so, you know, you always have this kind of awakening to the concept, uh, in most of those movies. Uh, and so we don't go through that kind of period of bewilderment or what have you. We're picking up with somebody who is days, months, maybe even years, uh, into doing this. And, and it's interesting the way that they do that, you know, they have him all, you know, angsty drinking, floating in the pool, uh, and everything while everybody's running around doing, you know, wedding preparations. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I, I guess for, for, for people who are not familiar with the movie though, you should watch it before you listen to us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, you know, it all takes place on the day of a wedding. And so it's basically, he is perpetually waking up on the morning of his girlfriend's friend's wedding, if that makes sense. So he's just like the plus one uh, at a wedding that his girlfriend is going to and is actually in. She's one of the bridesmaids. And uh, and that day keeps repeating. So no, no matter what he does, at the end of the day, when he goes to sleep and everything, he wakes up, it's the morning of the wedding again. And so, but when we first meet him, he's just like nonchalantly floating around in the pool, doesn't care about anything, not worried about all the hustle and bustle going on around him. And, you know, he's making these comments like, you know, yesterday, tomorrow, it's all the same, you know, and you just assume that this is just like some super depressed guy who's gotten dragged to a wedding. Uh, And then he shows up at the wedding. The first time that we see the wedding itself, he shows up basically wearing the same stuff that he was like lying around in the pool in. 
he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and shorts and stuff like this. And you're like, wow, this guy's, I just don't give a shit really goes, uh, runs deep, uh, <laughs> that he's not even getting dressed up for these people's wedding. And then, uh, it's the dance sequence the first yes. time around that, that tips you off. He, he's going to thread his way through this crowd of dancers, uh, to speak to somebody and you notice him kind of like dodging each and every one of their little dance moves or, or mimicking something or, or, you know, kind of, uh, uh in a way kind of photo bombing them without the photo. Uh, and you realize it's, it's like he's, he's threaded his way through this dance floor a million times and knows all of the choreography of what's about to happen. And so if you didn't already know the premise of the film, that's when you figure out, oh my gosh, this is, you know, going to be one of these kind of time loop films. And so you can look back and his today, tomorrow, yesterday, it's all the same, that kind of thing. He means it literally, not just as some angsty, figurative, metaphorical kind of comment. And so it does a really nice job of, of using kind of the first day, so to speak, the first day that we're with this character to just reveal everything without having to work its way up to it. No, absolutely. And um, that's one of the things that I do love about the film is, is that it already it starts in the at the point to where he's probably been looping for years. Like yeah. literally years, um, uh, which is <clears throat> that's one of my favorite conceits about the time loop film is when when they really actively think about. And this is the thing is that they like throughout the entire film, they actually talk about the time that he's he. And again, we're going to we're going to spoil this one. I'm sorry. There's just no way to not do this. So, yeah, I'm yeah. going to because a lot I, of people don't even know it's a time loop premise. No, so, absolutely. you know, it's a it's a matter of fact, it's it, it's pretty funny. I uh, I wrote uh, my review for, for WRBL.com mm -hmm. and I have a producer who reads what I write and then we record it. And, and I was so trying not to spoil things that he was pointing out all these things in my review that he didn't think made sense. And they were literally all the things that I had withheld because I thought they were spoilers. And so I had to like go back to the drawing board and say, okay, I've got to try to rewrite this thing uh, so that <laughs> so that it makes a little more sense, uh, but but it doesn't you know reveal uh, uh, too much. And and so to me, I was filling in the gaps in my brain because I knew what little little spoilers fit in there to make it all make sense, but I didn't realize that the summary. Uh, or the premise or whatever I was trying to put in my review didn't make that much sense without it. And so it became a challenge to, to review the film for folks, uh, you know, in, in a manner that didn't spoil things. So, yeah, I think the the best discussion uh, of this requires that you be able to discuss all aspects of the film. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it, it's not until like what I love, like this is the most clever part about the about this that I've not like, like usually this is a single person's experience, but mm -hmm. it ends up being three people. It ends up being right. a trifecta of people that yep. end up getting into the loop because of how, 
because of how the loop happens, it's this, it's a, it, it's literally a wormhole that they, that they go into, which is a cave. Um, and like, so he ends up the, the Andy Samberg character ends up, it has already been in the time loop. And then what you later on learn after the Christine Malati character goes into the loop is is that there's actually another person played by the great 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 <laughs> J.K. Simmons? Like, yep. I've never okay. So like, we've never really. And so they were basically just partying together, exactly, and and wound up in the loop. Yes, um, oh, but like, okay, so like, one of the things that I don't think we've talked like we've never talked about like, and we actually this is kind of funny because we're planning our our next series, and we can kind of drop a little hint that J.K. Simmons is actually showing up. And there's going to be a love fest for J.K. Simmons on a certain movie. Um, so we won't talk too much about him. But needless to say that we like I I know Scott for a fact loves J.K. Simmons and I love him, too. And he here is playing never has a guy since probably Lear Ermey. I've ever been OK with playing a certain type of person. Because he right. does that so well and so efficiently. And J.K. Simmons does not disappoint in that kind of persona that you know him for. Um, but here it's a little bit zonkier and a little bit crazier because he's in the loop. And like my favorite part about the whole uh, Niles and Roy relationship is that Roy is constantly trying to fucking kill him and kills him. <laughs> And tortures him like, yeah. th- like the film is not afraid to go super fucking dark because yep. like you literally see that there are moments where mile uh, Niles and and Roy are in basically a saw film and Roy is literally torturing Niles for like just because he can do it he's so yep. angry at everything yep. um because as they point out you know it's not like you don't feel pain so yeah. you know the the pain is real it's just that when you finally do fall asleep the clock is going to reset and all your injuries will be gone yep exactly so uh, so you can't you know can't kill yourself there's some hilarious almost roadrunner inspired scenes where uh, they go through the, you know, trying to kill themselves and, and end it all or whatever, and they just wake back up the next day. Absolutely. Or, like, there's also, like, the really, like, what I love is how the film tests the boundaries of the rules. Like, like mm-hmm. when Sarah, played by Kristen Malati, figures out that she's in this loop, like, she tries to tell, like, and this is another thing where... Niles is giving you information that he's been in this loop for years that he's she's like, Mm -hmm. you know, well, what happens if you do this and this? Because the first thing she does is she tries to test it and goes back to Austin. She drives like she she stays awake Mm -hmm. for I don't know how many days and gets back to Austin. When she goes to Austin, she instantly like what schlubs onto her uh, her her couch, closes her eyes and wakes up again in Palm Springs. Um, and yeah, he makes a joke about smoking a bunch of meth, meth. and getting on an international flight to yes. somewhere and, and still wakes up, uh, back in Palm Springs on the morning of the wedding. Yeah. Thailand. I think it was Thailand. He, yeah, he Thailand. said, he, yeah, yeah, he, he smokes a bunch of meth and like ends up like in Thailand and he stays away for like four or five days. But then as soon as he crashes, he ends up back in Palm Springs. Um, yep. uh, and, um, like the thing is, is that it, these guys are not the only people in the film. Um, 
but like you know it's like so with a time loop film it's all about the acting for me it's all about the acting Mm -hmm. and the writing if you don't if you don't have like a writer can be clever but if he doesn't have like or he or she does not have like the cast and the director that can really pull this stuff off um it does not work like one of my favorite things is that is how um peter gallagher's character of the dad it mm-hmm. like how he kind of moves through the film and or somebody like june squibb who is hilarious when you figure out what like what her end game is but it's like all of these different actors are really kind of they're very malleable in the film in the way that like the movie doesn't work unless they're reacting in a way that should like these people should be reacting and um one of my favorite things that i did not see coming was um niles (laughs) like when you find out that he's sleeping with everybody he's literally sleeping with everybody (laughs) yeah it's like every single person in the in the movie almost has become like a sexual partner or or whatever you know i mean you could just see may have gone through this period of uh waking up and and today i'll seduce this other person yes and (laughs) or try to get with this other person because in the end it's meaningless you know uh especially for for them you know in a way it's not real uh, and so, uh, it's, it's pretty funny, but yeah, that's where you can tell because of all of the, uh, the hookups and everything he knows about everybody. Um, and, uh, and all of that, that he has been in there uh, a long time. One of the, one of the things that, that I really love, um, about the film and you're talking about the writing is that you can tell it, it's almost like they sat back and said, you know, this is what every other film has done. Yes. And and so this is not what we're going to do. Because there are a lot of moments in the movie that led me going, huh, you know, I've never considered that within this premise. No, absolutely. And, and, and so, like, the idea, like, one of the ones that I thought was so clever was uh, when, uh, 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 is it Christine or Kristen? Um, Milioti. Uh, I think it's uh, it's Kristen. I'm sorry. I, I have I been saying Christine? No, I don't know. I think I've been saying it wrong. Okay, so that's why I was asking. I didn't want to. Yeah, Kristen. Okay, yeah, yeah I was right. Uh, so uh, when she decides she'll just learn quantum physics, yes. You know, I mean, I mean, how brilliant. You know, the idea is is these people are always stuck and they're looking for some kind of like. You know, it's almost like a superstition. It's like, what kind of thing, you know, could we tap our heels together however many times and say, there's no place like home and this will stop. I mean, it's like everything you see in movies is always people trying some goofball way to make it not happen. And so her character is like, well, we're stuck in this endless loop, but my knowledge carries over from day to day. So, I mean, hell, you could basically get a PhD in quantum physics if you wanted to while you're stuck in this loop and maybe figure a way out. And so I thought it was hilarious where we see her sitting there with physics textbooks talking with these professors online, and I thought that's just genius. And it's just a little throwaway moment in the movie. It's not a big focal point. Uh, of the movie, but just the creativity, the originality uh, of moments like that. Um, 
is uh, is really great. No, it absolutely is. Um, the writer Ant- Andy Ciara, um, he actually okay. So I have to ask: Have you watched Lodge Forty Nine yet? No, I haven't. Okay, he's he was actually one of the uh, he was one of the staff writers and he was a showrunner's assistant um, mm-hmm. on that show before. Oh, I think that it was like he wrote Palm Springs around the time that he was writing for the show. If you've not seen Lodge Forty Nine and you like the way that this twisty convention works, I actually highly recommend people watch uh, Lodge Forty Nine. If not for anything other than that, and Wyatt Russell is so good in that tv show so good he's so is like if you've uh, like i'll let you guys like discover this kind of beautiful beautiful show that really like i'm surprised it lasted as long like i was surprised it lasted as long as it did um like the 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 two seasons that it did but what you're privy to in this show is so like if you like this kind of like playing the boundaries of certain conventions and you like older comedians like there's a lot of people in this show that yeah i'm just i'm not going to ruin anything else other than saying that if you liked it it's definitely in the same vein as uh palm springs and um cool yeah no like check that out yeah absolutely um one of the things i did love about the writing too was the way that it becomes about accountability um right. in this it, it but not in a preachy sort of way, like in a way that feels like if a time loop was to really happen, um, the way that accountability would be something that eventually like, you know, if somebody if there was a partner there um, would would actually call you on and how that kind of plays out with with Niles is really interesting. And I kind of loved that. In a in a romantic comedy, like what I hate about romantic comedies, and here it goes again. Here goes my my hatred of rom coms, is that people do such amoral, sociopathic shit in them, and it's all in like it's all in to make sure that you know boy meets girl, boy loses girl, and like you know the reason why the boy loses the girl is never really accounted for because he just makes a speech at the fucking end and you know <laughs> and all it's forgiven exactly pop song comes on yeah. fuck that yeah. i hate yeah. that so much and this movie does not let niles off the hook he so no. doesn't like there are certain moments that you just go oh yeah buddy like i don't like you right now you're a piece of shit and i thank god that you got called on being a piece of shit and it forces him to be to try to become better like and i like the fact that like you know like you were saying like sarah uh, christine uh christine Malati's character like does something positive like she doesn't like it's like Okay, so like one of my favorite time loop movies of the recent of recent memory is um, Edge of Tomorrow, or Live Die mm-hmm. Repeat, or whatever fuck sure. you want to call yeah. it. Like that whole movie's purpose is to turn like milk toast Tom Cruise who gets killed seventy five billion times into a badass, you know, right. uh, to 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 live up to a moment that he needs to live up to. In 
but I mean, it's all about violence. It's all about like, you know, right. like, let's like, like, let, let's go ahead and do that rather than something positive, which is, is like, like when they get out of like, okay, well then this is, this leads to another question that I have, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. But if, if they do get out, like Kristen Malati is basic, Sarah is basically a PhD. It has a PhD in, in physics because she literally learned physics. Like she, right. like she spent the years <laughs> learning right. how to like, you know, learning how to do physics. Like my, and I'm also my favorite other part about that is, is that Niles didn't learn shit other than to grow up. <laughs> it took him, it took him literally, yeah. it literally took him what, like, like, what did they say at the end? It's close to a million years. Like it was like, I think it was something like that. But like they stayed in there for, for that long. Um, I know that they're like I know that the 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 writer has actually given an actual time frame of how long he um um how long he had actually stayed uh, like how not how long Niles was in there but it like um like in the other classic time loop film Groundhog's Day like uh Held Ramis revealed that um that because it was all based off of like the Buddhist thing about reincarnation, the book of the mm-hmm. dead and stuff, it it was an infinite number of like, there was, there was no way to count how many days or how many right. days Bill Murray right. was in the loop. Right. Um, and that's kind of the way I took this film. Yeah. Is, you know, especially with the montage sequences uh, and everything, you know, you don't know is each incident that you're seeing one after another, literally the very next day. Or is it kind of like a greatest hits of, you know, a year that has gone by? Uh, so anytime you have that kind of editing and stuff like that, there's really no way to figure it out. But we can just tell, you know, you can think from like an emotional standpoint or, or you know, a mental health standpoint yeah. that, you know, how long he must have spent kind of with the hedonistic angle. Yes. You know, doing anything that he wanted, doing anything with anybody that he wanted. I mean, just how long that might have lasted before he becomes this kind of life-weary individual that we bump into at the beginning of the movie. Oh, no, absolutely. And and so, you know, how long would have gone by before that has all lost its attraction, Uh, the, the endless party, the endless whatever that he could be living in uh, has lost all of its appeal. And so there he is, you know, just completely kind of strung out uh, on his problem, uh, his predicament at the beginning of the film. And then how much longer does it go on once she is in there with him? And so uh, definitely, you know, uh, uh, lengthy, lengthy periods of time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now, um, there are a couple of interesting things that happen in the film that I actually wanted to ask you about. Like, the, okay. So the first one is, okay. So the dinosaurs, like <laughs> I knew we were going to get around to that. And okay. I'm still kind of scratching my head over all of that. Like, so like it's proposed by Sarah that the dinosaurs were something that, because of the way that how many times that um, Niles has folded into time, that things are strangely happening. And, and, but right, also he's it, opened up some kind of gateway to the distant past. Yes, exactly. And that's part of her thrust to learn 
to learn right. how to get out of the loop because right. if there's they're like you know if they're if each time that they loop is a new timeline like you know like as you approach the infinite time loop it beco- it becomes it breaks down which is an interesting concept because like for a fucking funny like for a fucking comedy to bring this up in a weird in this way is kind of it's kind of mind blowing like i love that yeah yeah cuz i mean you know i mean that's part of, of the idea of i mean the extrapolation of of you know einstein and and all of that kind of stuff is this idea of folding time Yes, you know where you can get time to kind of fold in on itself, and then just step through or or be transported somehow through uh, to something that was eons ago or something like that. And so uh, I'm I don't have the brain for uh, all of uh, all of that analysis, but uh, but yeah, that's definitely what they're uh, what they're playing off of with that. And uh, and so I think that uh, was an interesting little touch. At first, you're kind of like, what the hell? Uh, and then, uh, especially upon a second watch of the film, uh, it makes a lot more sense. And I think there are a lot of things that that even improve when you see it a second time. No, absolutely. Uh, like like my question to you in the kind of enigmatic aspects of the film. So is June Squibb number four caught I, up in the time loop? I think she is. Yeah, I do too. I, I and... do too. From, but it but it's wonderfully written. To, to be able to be taken either way. Yes. But she'll say things like, wow, that's the best speech that I've heard so far. And and she says it as if she's heard hundreds. Exactly. Now, okay. As opposed to just that evening. Yes. And, now, and, and then there are some almost references almost to like, that could be taken as if, why would I want to leave? Yes. You know, Absolutely. because, I mean, if you look at it, it's interesting. If you think of like a Andy Sandberg, a Krista Milati, you know, people who are just absolutely in the prime of their life, lots of great years ahead of them. Of course, they want to break out of that loop and move on with their lives and do the things that they haven't had a chance to do. But I took a lot of her comments as obliquely saying, hey, you know, I'm I'm forever trapped at my granddaughter's wedding. You know, what better situation could I be in? Mm -hmm. You know, if I get out of here, I'm going to continue to age and die in in less years than uh, Andy Samberg or Kristen Malati is. And uh, and so if if you go back and watch her moments uh, in the film again and kind of add up the dialogue, uh, it feels like she is someone who is the fourth one, along with J.K. Simmons who is stuck in this time loop, but she doesn't care. No, absolutely. She's content. That's fine. Okay. So I'm going to throw another one out there that I felt that made me sad, which was, was that, um, is she in the midst of, uh, of like Alzheimer's? And that's why she can't like, cause that was my initial thought because of some of the weird wacky things that she says. I'm like, does she, is she, is she like, is she slowly losing grasp on reality or she was already in that loop so that she just didn't know any better. And like, that was another way that I was certainly a possibility. Like, and that made me sad. Like, and then I was like, no, you know what? Maybe it's more of like, she did come in and she just decided, you know what? 
I I kind of like this. I like weddings. I like I like being able to get up and <laughs> do whatever I want to do. Exactly. Um. But yeah, like I think that she like it's she's the she's the fourth because of all the the dialogue that is said. Um. Like it's hinted. It's never it's never told to you. It's like it's like repeated viewings. Like I've exactly. seen this. I've seen this three times now. I think so far. Um. And right. each time it's. Like, you learn a little bit more about the film, but you also kind of get these, like, little weird, like, undercover things. Like, okay, so, like, my other question right. for you with this is, um, did they get out of the loop? I think the appearance of the family at the end of the film indicates that they did. Okay. Um, Mo- mostly because... You know, in the beginning of the film, at least this is the way that I took it, and it's uh-huh. far from a definitive read of it. Yeah. But when they go there for the first time, he's basically relaying to her that, oh, yeah, these people are on vacation. You know, you can have this cool pad to yourself all day long. Yeah. So if they're repeating the same day, then we know he's done this time and time and time before, and they never showed up. Mm-hmm. If they'd showed up, he probably wouldn't have kept doing it. He would have just picked another location. Uh, and and so I took it as when the family shows up that it's the next day or two days later or whatever it is that, you know, they've completed their vacation wherever it was that they went. Uh, and they're now showing up at that house. And so you know more than just the day in question uh, has passed. Okay. But, you know, I may have I may have taken the the most obvious reading uh, of that uh, of that situation and somehow missed a a more complex one. No, no, no. I I was just wondering because um, my brain went to did they just increase the loop because oh, of yeah, what they yeah yeah that that's an interesting question of. So now does it just reset every two days or exactly three days or something like that? And and so the, the dinosaurs being in the background being what makes you wonder if that's what happened. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. For me, yeah. You know, and that's certainly a, a, a possibility. Uh, yeah. An interesting reading of that. Or is it saying to you they broke out of the loop, but what they've done has somehow messed up. <laughs> kind of the continuum of the world that there's now these dinosaurs uh, inside what is their ongoing reality. Absolutely. That's another thing that could have happened. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. it it all leads to like, for me, it, it leads to this little fun, what I like to call the back to the future moment. Um, because like the original back to the future was never supposed to be a sequel. Like there was never supposed like the way that they, like the way that Zemeckis and Gale had talked about it. Cause it was originally conceived as this way was this whole thing of like this, like the whole thing with their kids in the future was never meant. It was just supposed to be this kind of cherry on top. Like, Oh, here's, here's something to throw a bone at you. And let's just like, think about the possibilities of that. I don't ever want to make it. But Back to the Future was never supposed to be this huge pop culture phenomenon, right? It wasn't supposed to make what the equivalent of of half a million dollars or half a billion dollars is today. Um, And 
Yeah, with 500, like with what is the equivalent of like a half a billion dollars. Of course, they were going to make a sequel, but it never was intended. It was just supposed to be this kind of throwaway thing. And I feel like Palm Springs does the same thing where it kind of does this whole thing where like I hate using the whole inception like the spinning of the top does it really topple over or doesn't it but it <laughs> right. but it kind of feels like that like they just wanted to give a little bit of a kicker where it's like if you've seen this more than once it gives you a little bit more to talk about than just like what's inside is like did they really escape or did did uh, right. did Sarah just yeah. make this a whole thing a whole bigger different thing um so uh yeah, I mean, it, it, but I mean, again, like we're having a con- we're having a full on conversation about about this particular thing, which I think is to- like like we've talked about before. When you write something, when you direct something and produce something this big, everything is intentional. Like, I don't I don't believe that there's anything to chance. And like, I honestly feel like it's they probably did get out. But at the same time, those little additional things make it like this whole thing where you could have the conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but the funny thing is, is, you know, it, it makes me start thinking, and this is just kind of a flight of fancy here that is less to do with the film. Uh, but it's like, at what at what size of a time loop would it be that you would be okay with it? You know? Yeah. Because it's kind of like if you said that, you know, it would go a week and then it would reset itself. And so you're sitting there thinking, so literally you could just empty your bank account, <laughs> taking a trip to wherever you wanted in the world, uh, for, you know, about five days or so, I guess, uh, once you got there and then you would wake up and, you know, all the money that you had at least would be back and you'd have a week ahead of you and everything. It's, it's kind of funny because, the the one day sounds hellish you know you're yes. always going to be trapped within these certain confines you know how far can you drive or whatever and 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 especially could you even do anything worth doing uh and and so with uh trapped with these same people and same experiences and all that but if you started talking about uh you know you've got a week and then after a week it's going to reset uh you start going you know i could probably live on perpetual vacation (laughs) (laughs) at that point i'd quit trying to get out (laughs) no absolutely and um like that that does bring up a really interesting concept is that with like like the length of time what is acceptable like because like a week would be like you're right like a week would be okay because you could like a month would not because you'd have to start to fucking work i mean that's the thing is like a month you would have to work. Like there's no if ands or buts about that. Like yeah, unless exactly. unless you had a lot of savings and you wanted to have to like do all of the bullshit that you would have to do that first month uh, or like that at the beginning, but a week you're right is kind of almost like the sweet spot for a loop if you wanted if you wanted a loop, like if you wanted a time loop, a week would be probably exactly. kind of perfect. Um another thing that I had actually thought about was is that like it becomes something completely different like if they were going to do a sequel which i really hope they don't but if they did a sequel like it could turn it could morph into from a time loop film to um to basically like 
like something completely different. Like, uh, like I was thinking like more along the lines of, I don't know if you you remember the movie, but uh, my, my science project. Did you ever see that movie? It was like eighties oh, film. Yeah. Dennis Hopper. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, man. I can't say that I remember it that well, but I totally remember the, the, the movie itself. Yeah. And how they like things started popping up into their reality. Like it was almost like, right. like, I wouldn't mind if there was a sequel to Palm Springs, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, Los Angeles, or it's going to be some town, right? Um, right. Where, like, what they did was cause things from different time periods to actually jump in and become reality in their current timeline. Like, that would kind of flip right. the script where, like, I what I love sequels doing is changing changing the changing the rules but not changing them in a way that would betray but kind of add to like you know if you're gonna to, sure. if you're gonna make me do a movie all like if you're gonna do a movie all over again with some kind of concept like like sequels like like we've talked about before sometimes sequels just don't do it like they just don't do it for me but if you can change the the parameters like like the difference between alien and aliens like alien yeah, is a exactly. horror, horror film and aliens is a military like dirty dozen exactly yep. um yeah. like i wouldn't be too mad if they did do a sequel like that though again I kind of love it the way that it is where it just is this whole thing of like, I'm just going to give you this little thing to think about. And I think that that's all it is. Right. More right. than anything, more than anything else. Um, one thing I did want to mention, like a really huge shout out to the editors of this film, Andrew Dickler and Matt Friedman, who like in any time loop film, like the MVP is the editor because they have to put this together that makes sense that mm -hmm. doesn't feel repetitive um, right and they definitely like they made this film that's cut to that's definitely feels like it's cut to comedy but also it's cut to story and the thing is is that friedman if you look at his if you uh if you look at his like um like some of his his films that he's done uh like he did the farewell like it's definitely something that you go ah oh, okay like there's some definite stuff that's like oh step up revolution but when you think about it that's got to be a really <laughs> tough fucking movie to edit because it's a dance movie right. it, like nothing like you know but it's all to say for me it's like the editing in this film is like supremely well done and like if there is an oscar like thing and because of the streaming stuff like i really do hope it gets a nomination much like groundhog's day got an editing nomination uh because it's just such good work yeah no i agree completely it uh it uh I mean, honestly, I think editors are kind of the unsung heroes of most movies, but especially uh, a movie like this. Uh, yeah, that editing just becomes crucial because uh, the the repetition can kill you if it doesn't go anywhere. And uh, and so I think that is what this movie does so well is it keeps it moving through the parts of it that you've seen before in other films. Absolutely. Um, 
One last question. And, and honestly, oh, that's, yeah. you know, in a way, uh, that's also kind of like you compared Edge of Tomorrow, uh, another time loop film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of has the same idea. It's like playing on the fact that you know the Tom Cruise persona. Yes. And so you are entertained by the kind of Tom Cruise, the politician who doesn't want to get his hands dirty and the whole, uh, you're uh, uh, sending me to the, the front, you know, that, that <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, and, and yet at the same time, you've seen Tom Cruise be a badass so many times that you know where the training is going to wind up. Yes. And so it's, it's a time loop film that once again takes, you know, advantage of, uh, your knowledge, not just of the genre of time loop films, but of the leading man who's in it. No, absolutely. And, um, it's kind of great in that regard is that like it oh, takes yeah, I that, love that baby. yeah like uh like that is something that we're going to definitely have to cover um I, I i've been thinking about like a series to do with where that would be appropriate um i'm thinking that maybe we have to do like 2010 to 2020 best action films Right. Or something like that because yeah, that'd be fun. Or uh, unexpected, underrated action films because like mm-hmm. that that one is one that I feel like people talk about, but it's like everybody's like, and there's nothing wrong with this because we both love the the series, but everybody is so in love with the John Wick series that I feel like people often forget about other really good action films, and mm-hmm. that's one of them. Um, right. You know, uh, or, or like you know when you're talking Tom Cruise films. You instantly like go to the last four or the last three Mission Impossible films because like, you know, he wants to be Jackie Chan, Buster Keaton and is like (laughs) literally trying to kill himself to like, you know, to entertain us. Um, Yeah. I mean, his partnership with Chris McQuarrie has just been, you know, a renaissance in his career. Yep. The only thing that that's good that's come out of Brian Singer. I hate to say it, but what like you know like that's a con- that's a definitely a conversation for a different time. But yeah, Chris McQuarrie has definitely found his like like it's weird because in a weird way they're kind of the the Reynolds Burt Reynolds Hal Needham like one two combo of the new millennia. Like if you really think about it, like star and director like right. finding themselves and stuff like and. I'm not saying, like, it's a different era, it's a different time, Smokey and the Bandit and Cannonball Run are completely different things than the Mission Impossible, but if you think about the partnership and the relationship and who Tom Cruise is now as an actor and as a star and who Mm -hmm. Burt was at that time, it kind of makes sense because Burt was Burt at that point. Cruise is literally Tom Cruise in these movies. I mean, his name is Ethan Hunt, but... We 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 marginally suspend our disbelief in these films, and it's kind of like the way that it was in the seventies. Like you you know, it's like I can only imagine like there are those guys, like that would go up to the movie like I, f- I fucking hate this. I hate I hated this when I was a, when I was worked at the theater. I hated when people said this kind of shit. It's like learn the fucking name of the goddamn movie, okay? <laughs> Don't go give me a water for the Burt Reynolds. What like they would do that with Clint Eastwood. And I would give them so much shit. I'd be like, I'm sorry, the new Clint Eastwood, we don't have a movie called The New Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I had one guy literally punch the the huge like the huge glass 
partition that I was behind. And he goes, God damn it. You know what movie I'm talking about? The new Clint Eastwood. I'm like, okay, one for the new Clint Eastwood. And I was like, okay. And then I did, like, I was a little shit back then. I erased, like, my favorite part was I, I took the pen. I erased the name of the movie and put the new Clint Eastwood. The, back in the day when we had, like, these massive tickets. And I handed it over to him. I'm like, okay, one for the new Clint Eastwood. Thank you. But you could literally apply that to, like, you know, Tom Cruise or Burt Reynolds. Like, like. You know, guys probably go up and like, give me the ditch to Tom Cruise. Give me to Burt Reynolds. I'm sorry, going off on a ramp, but like, um, yeah, like it's all to say, like, you know, Macquarie has, and he was a part of, you know, that he, uh, like ghost wrote like 80% of, like, supposedly he ghost wrote 80% of, of, uh, Edge of Tomorrow because it was so, tr- it was, it was a pretty, like, from what I understand, it was a pretty hard, um, production. And the script really wasn't ready. And um, it was one of those things. It's the same thing that's kind of kept the sequel in the background is because of how hard the production was of that movie. Like, I'm not sure if, like, they want to go through that kind of stuff again. Um, But, yeah, like... uh, Thankfully, Palm Springs wasn't that like that from what I heard. <laughs> it was right. just it was a it's a very straightforward. What I like about like, OK, so like one thing about this movie is, is that it's not a big budget movie. It's a, it's it's a fairly low budget movie, but it uses its concept. It's got this low budget, high concept kind of sweet spot that makes you feel like you're watching something bigger budgeted than you really are. Right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. You know, um, one thing I do have to ask, it's like, so there's this, this, is, is Andy Samberg finally a movie star with this? Like, he's been kind of like, like in the ether as like this comedic force with the Lonely Island guys with the Saturday Night Live skits and pop star Never Stop Stopping, Hot Rod, but, and even Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But does this make him a star? I mean, is he like a new era star where you don't have to have a movie you like in theaters that you could just have a movie streaming and it be popular? Yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, as soon as you were paralleling things to to Tom Cruise, you know, in, in my mind, I was thinking the last real kind of movie star that we have out there under the old model. Yep. Uh, you know, cause you, you ask yourself these days, you know, what, what opens a film is, is it the, the IP, uh, which is typically the case, yeah. Marvel movie, mm-hmm. Star Wars movie, Disney movie, uh, or is it the star sometimes, you know, a Tom Cruise, you know, there are a few people out there, uh, but, uh, you know, or is it simply, you know, the story? Mm-hmm. And and so you know just the concept, the premise, uh, and so it's an interesting question. Yeah, I mean because like if you really think about it, like Sandberg is in this, like he's he's around my age, but he's coming into his own in a way that a lot like other actors are now starting to come into their own in a very non traditional way, like like him. Like, he is, like, one of those guys that I look at and go, 
he, he is, it's not like there's a Marvel character, like Chris Evans. Okay, like, let's give an example of Chris Evans. Chris Evans is a part of the Marvel, mo- like, model, the IP, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, Chris Evans is smart enough to know that, you know, the Captain America stuff opens things. But if he's going to be in other movies, it has to be a part of an ensemble or like what he just did recently, which is made a made an Apple Plus TV series. So there's no consequence of about box office. Right. And like you're right, Cruz and probably DiCaprio are the last traditional movie stars that I can think of. Um, So like it, it comes to like. Where do we measure this now? Like, how do we measure this? It's interesting to me because it's like, to me, I think it's enough to say, like, with Brooklyn, like, with Brooklyn Nine-Nine going, what, eight seasons? And he is like, like, it's an ensemble, but he's kind of the focal point. Yeah, yeah of, he's he's definitely the, the quote-unquote lead. Exactly. And then with Palm Springs, which is, like, I don't care what anybody says, it's a big movie. Like, it, like, like. Hulu spent a ton of money advertising it. I saw billboards in the middle of a pandemic. If you see fucking billboards come up and posters being on the side of buses, then, or, or like, you know, on the side of bus stands. Yeah. You're promoting it. You're making it a big thing. Um, for all intents and purposes. Well, it was a pretty big buyout of Sundance. Yeah. 15 so million. They were, yeah. So they were definitely gonna, gonna promote it. Yeah. Um, but like, because there's no qualifiers anymore, there's no like box office. Like, is he a star? And to me, it's like, you, you kind of have to go off of feelers. Right. And to me, it's like, he's on the rise. Mm. Um, but it's also like, you bring up something like, like we're bringing up something very interesting because it's like, I even like, like DiCaprio, like, 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 Cruz is one of the last guys I feel like is the old guard and he's going to probably stay the old guard because his movies are like, he's not even dabbling in streaming. Right. But you and I both know, we just heard Scorsese's film got saved by Apple plus. They, right. They invested what? $250 million. And they're like, like in the fall, they're making this movie, this Western like him and DiCaprio and Di- DiCaprio yep. was all okay with it. And from what I understand, it is not going to, it's going to be a streaming exclusive. Right. So, you know, it becomes. Yeah, they're actually rolling on that in what, February, I think. Oh, is it February? I thought it was I like. Think so. Okay. Yeah. It, like, I thought it was something like, like sooner, like uh, November or something, but that makes sense. Um, But yeah, like, it's like this weird, like Palm Springs is this like very weird, weird thing for me now where it becomes like a. It's about the new frontier. Like a lot of it is like new frontier because it's like this movie, like we like, so we talked about a movie. Um, by the time this is released, we can talk about it. Pa- uh, the, uh, the paper, t- uh, the paper tigers. It's a movie that sh- will be out in a couple of months. We both saw it on Fantasia and uh, at, uh, for Fantasia. When you finished the screening, like of watching it, I saw it a couple weeks ago. You saw it, uh, as we're speaking about this movie, uh, it was last night and we were texting back and forth and I told you something. I said, you know, back from 1997 to 2002 paper tigers would have been released in theaters and would have been a crossover indie success. Like a big time yep. one would have made yep. 30 to $50 million. Right. Yep. Um, 
who like Palm Springs that during that time would have been picked up and probably would have made like a hundred million dollars. It would have been a, it would have been like on the league of like, say something like uh, my big fat Greek wedding. It would have been a surprise big hit because it was smart. It's funny. It's rom-com in that era. Right. But right. now look where we are. We're in streaming. We're, we're talking about like, oh, well, you know, this stuff is just going to go on to streaming. And it's weird because for me, it's like, you know, like, like you, we love theatrical, right? But at the, at the present time, like there's not much theatrical out there. Um, even more so, even before the pandemic, movies like this, the middle to lower budget stuff was not, is like going away. It's like, shit, some of the big budget stuff is going away from, from the theaters. I mean, there was never an intention for that, uh, that Tom Hanks movie. What was it called? Um, Greyhound. Greyhound. Reasonably budgeted movie was never intention. Yeah, I mean, it's got Sony behind it. Exactly. But as soon as Apple picked it up, there was no, they, they have no intentions of releasing it in theaters, even though, I mean, I've seen it like you, like you, you recommended it. You said it was a, a, a pretty good movie and it was mm-hmm. and yeah. it's visuals are big budget visuals it's not like they yep. skimped out on it like it looks yep. it looks good it's a war movie yep. it's just a, it's a like it's all to say like palm springs brings up this weird thing of like it is a strange time right now to be a film fan especially if you love things in the theaters yeah no you're exactly right uh, you know it's a yeah it's a crazy world out there when it comes to uh, distribution and delivery systems of content and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, uh, what winds up going the way of blockbuster video. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> and what sticks. <laughs> and seriously, because the model is not fit to last. I, I honestly don't think that like the streaming model, the way that they're buying things, the way that like, if you know, finance the way that they do, like, like if anybody, understands finance and how they're trying to do the Silicon Valley model. The Silicon Valley model is just a, Oh God, like I could get into that. Um, I could get into that if I wanted to, but I won't. <laughs> um, I'll just simply say that it is definitely an interesting time that we're living in. And like Palm Springs is definitely something where you, if you're, if you're into it, think outside of the box of like just Palm Springs as a movie, but as a financial like entity and like the things that it could mean if it was a traditional model where we're out of the traditional model now. And that kind of makes it interesting too. Like the fact that Andy Samberg is like, you know, is kind of a star, but kind of not is very interesting to me because, you know, it's like what defines a star now? Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, and, and, you know, you begin to feel like it's almost like, fantasy league drafts <laughs> where yes where you just kind of have these tiers of performers yep and so you're kind of like this person is essentially the same as this person is essentially the same as this person unless you can move up to this next tier where you could get this person or this person and uh and so it's a horrible way to think about it i mean it's totally just the you know commodification uh, of of people, you know, just turning them into commodities. Uh, but that's really almost what it seems like these days. It's almost like the property is first. Yeah. And then it turns into now which of this row of performers here uh, on this list might we be able to get interested in the movie? 
It's yep. it's less a film that you can tell was just kind of written as a vehicle for a particular person, and it's and it's more you know. Uh, let's let's find one of several allegedly interchangeable people uh, who could play this part. Yep. And it becomes this whole thing of um, <laughs> for us, it becomes like, you know, pick and choose your pick and choose your movie star. Like it, it's right. no longer yep. it's no longer like, OK, so these are the people that are movie stars. Like it, it becomes literally like, well, everybody's kind of having stuff like like. Like oh, like another one that I find is interesting is Henry Cavill. Like he's a he, he's an interesting case because, like, he he was Superman. He starred in The Man from Uncle, another movie mm-hmm. that I think oh, that man, we, I loved him in that. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, we got to fucking talk about that movie I th- again. Another. We'll give me a sequel of that. Seriously, fuck yeah. Um, but but he's another one where, so he's not a movie like supposedly like you know like movies underperformed and then there was the whole thing of like you know justice league and all that crap right but then he does the witcher which is a huge thing for netflix right and he's the he's literally the star of it and does that mean that he's this new era star because he's not coming back to superman we're pretty sure about that um does that mean that he's going to make his home as a streaming star? I mean, and if you watch The Witcher, like, he's basically doing, like, Lee Marvin or Clint Eastwood in medieval times. Like, he's literally got, like, maybe 50 lines in the whole series. <laughs> but, but like, his mannerisms and everything are, like... Are, are, are like a thing and like you know and the other thing is like the memification of somebody like like if somebody's memed or there's a gif created about them <clears throat> sorry about that <clears throat> it becomes a thing right so i don't know it's a very weird kind of place that we're in for um for 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 film like it, it's no longer it's no longer like this thing where or even just cinema like or just like media in general the media that we ingest right it's like it's no sure. longer it's no longer this whole thing of like okay well there's stars um it it really is like the whole thing of like ip is the thing which is really sad to me because you know you don't get originality out of that all you do is get a bunch of repeats yeah yeah well and and, you know and the last thing that i really want to see is you know the palm Springs cinematic universe (laughs) where we you know where we follow various characters off on their uh you know time resetting adventures or whatever uh so sometimes it's nice to just have a really solid movie uh that just stands on its own and and doesn't have to spawn a franchise in the process yep exactly Exactly. No, that's that's it. Absolutely. Like, I just want one offs most of the time. I don't I don't want 35 films where there's no consequences. Well, you know, and that's I mean, we're not going to open this up into a conversation now about Fantasia. Yeah. uh, But that's one of the nice things about a festival like that with that kind of, you know, deep curation uh, is you're just that's exactly what you're watching. Yes. Most likely uh, a big collection of of one offs. Uh, and you just get to see the creativity and the storytelling that comes from 
not always having to be responsible for setting up a next movie. No, absolutely. You know, just absolutely. telling a total story in and of itself and then being finished. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. And that definitely is what uh, Palm Springs is. And with that, um, Scott, where can people find you today? Or, I mean, just in general, where can people find you? <laughs> I was going to say, well, I'm currently, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, my Twitter handle is mscott underscore Phillips. Uh, and that is where all of my work and, and the work of other people uh, that I follow and find interesting uh, is is located. Uh, not usually any politics or cute pictures of my pets or stuff like that. It's uh, It's truly a film-related handle. Uh, and then my reviews uh, that don't appear at the movie aisle appear at uh, WRBL.com. How about you? Absolutely. Um, much like Scott, uh, like my the Twitter and Instagram handles for the B-Movie podcast and the movie aisle are just film-related landing pages um, where we promote other people's reviews and then our reviews too. Um, uh, the B-Movie podcast is... Uh, B movie pod, the letter B, the word movie, the word pod all together. No lines or dashes. That's for both Twitter and Instagram uh, for the movie. aisle, it's the movie aisle um, all together. No lines or dashes, no anything, um, both Twitter and Instagram for that also. Um, so with that, guys, we will be back next week uh, with Kingpin as we promised. But then also additionally, we will be. You'll probably get, um, if I can convince Scott, I will probably get a Fantasia wrap-up, uh, just kind of talking about Fantasia, because I think it merits a conversation, especially because between the two of us, we'll probably have seen about 50 films combined. Yeah, you, you <laughs> can convince me to do that. That would, be, that would be a good cause. Absolutely. And um, and then we will also announce our next film series, uh, which I'm really excited about. Um, also kind of sad about because uh, with the passing of um, Chadwick Boseman, which just happened uh, just a few days ago, uh, you can figure out the time frame here. Uh, there is a movie that we're going to be discussing uh, that I've not watched yet, and now it's kind of like going to be a little bit of a morose thing, but it's also gives us time to actually talk about Chadwick Boseman as a performer, uh, which I feel is like, you know, and we planned this way we actually planned this way in advance um this is not us trying to do anything other than trying to talk about good films so with that guys um you'll you'll hear about what our series is um next week so until then talk to you guys soon Nowhere to go, I can go anywhere, it'll be alright.